Hello and welcome to the Rethink Retail podcast live at Etail West, reporting from sunny Palm Springs. I'm Gabriella Bach, host of the Rethink Retail podcast, and I am here with my very special guest, Hamid Safi. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And Hamid is the SVP of Digital Retail at Liquid Death Mountain Water, which I'm super excited to have you here today. I drink Liquid Death all of the time. Good, good. And you guys are doing some truly wicked, awesome stuff in retail right now. And it's actually pretty remarkable because you guys launched just a couple of years ago. Is that right? Yeah, we launched first in January of 2019. And about the first year and a half of the business, it was primarily a digital business and an mm-hmm. e-com business through our website and on Amazon. Um, and as you can imagine, not many retailers or distributors were clamoring to carry a brand called Liquid Death sure. that markets the way that we market. But yeah, we won Whole Foods National in about March 2020, right when the pandemic started. Wow. And it was like our first retail domino and just kind of spiraled from there. And now we're in 75,000 locations across the country. Yeah. Amazing. But started about four years ago. Okay. That is incredible because I'm sure most people here know how hard it is. And I'm sure you know how hard yeah. it is to break into the food and bev market. So how did this all come about? Was there a need identified in the market or was it just a crazy, wild, as your founder would say, dumb idea that you guys just had to see through? How did how did the story start? Yeah. So Mike, uh, who's our CEO and he was a creative director in advertising prior, uh, him and I worked together in advertising for two years, mm-hmm. um, working on a pretty big CPG holding company and a strategic. And Mike's you know, being in advertising for a long time and working in creative for a long time, you go from seeing ideas be really amazing to like mm-hmm. really watered down. Mm-hmm. And Mike is someone who grew up in action sports and like metal. How are you guys able to kind of capture consumer interest so early on in the game? Yeah, I think for us, and this I think tends to happen in a lot of spaces is people are just so used to seeing things done in one way, in a very mm-hmm. certain way. And when you see a brand who like markets the way that we do, I think it just caught a lot of people off guard. And our primary channel in the beginning was social, right? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we did a lot organically and then obviously we put a lot of paid media behind our D2C business. And I think it was just refreshing for a lot of people to see the way that we marketed. It was funny and leading with entertainment and not leading with product. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk about RTBs like it's infinitely recyclable. We don't lead with that. We don't talk about alkalinity and pH. Like we re- lead with entertainment and trying to make you laugh. And I think that was like a very unique and different approach. That was one way. And then I think the other part of it is, I mean, it's called liquid death and it's in a box with skulls on it. People are just curious about like what this is. Yeah. Um, and there's so much of growth just baked into the product, the name itself, the packaging, the marketing. It's kind of growth at all layers. Um, and I think that was like why we had such success early on is people were like, like, what is this? Like, is it energy? Is it beer? And why are they showing me skulls? And we had an animated thing of like someone's head getting cut off. So it was just everything that was anti-playbook and anti-marketing is the reason I think why people really kind of clamored to us early on. It's kind of the uh, antithesis of, of, of water, which is what gives you life. Yeah. So it's kind of very tongue in cheek and playful. And you guys have had some truly wild marketing campaigns that have gone out. What are some of the most kind of absurd campaigns that maybe some some people would look at those and be like, that is just too nuts, too crazy. Yeah. That had kind of the biggest return on investment. Sure. Yeah. I'll reference two of them. One was our first and earliest campaign 
maybe in the summer of 2019, where we partnered with uh, a medical doctor and had people from social send in pictures of their pee. And the doctor would actually evaluate it for how hydrated they were. Uh -huh. Dumb idea early <laughs> on. We had like maybe 200 people who submitted their pee on Instagram, which oh is wild. God. So we were like, wow, people are actually doing insane things like that. That was an early campaign that was uh -huh. insane. The returns on it weren't really measurable. We're still very small and tiny. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest impact we've had so far on a campaign has been um, we did a limited edition skate deck with Tony Hawk. And uh, as part of, you know, liquid death, rather than getting email addresses and phone numbers through like a simple 10% off, we decided to come up with a club called Country Club. Mm -hmm. And we have now 235,000 members in Country Club. Wow. But the way that you get into Country Club is you have to sign your soul to us for eternity. <laughs> And for that, we would give you a free case of water uh, in the early days. Seems like a fair trade. Yeah, fair trade. Um, and so, you know, Tony Hawk's an ambassador. We're like, how do we launch this campaign? And so we had him signed to be a part of the country club. And because of the whole like soul thing, we're like, rather than just using regular red paint for the skate deck, we'll actually draw Tony Hawk's blood and we'll use his blood in the, in the mixture for the red paint. And so every Tony Hawk board that we sold, which is 500 of them, we sold out like in 13 minutes wow. um, and people started reselling them on eBay right after that for like five times the amount. That was probably the biggest thing because it wasn't just selling the decks, it was Tony Hawk. And then as a result of that, um, Lil Nas X, who had his own kind of blood mm -hmm. Nike Air Max. Yeah, the Nike shoe, yeah. Yeah, he was like, well, why is this okay? But what I did not mm -hmm. okay. And that became some internet chatter and it uh -huh. kind of broke the internet for a couple of days because it was um, Lil Nas X responding to it. And then we eventually got Tony Hawk and Lil Nas X together to do like a little skate video as a response to everything that was happening. So for a brand that's done the Super Bowl, we did Super Bowl ad last year, um, the Tony Hawk thing was definitely by far like the biggest thing that, that we got. And it's one of those moments you just kind of stumble into it. Mm -hmm. You didn't, we had no idea that it was yeah, going to take stumbling into, you know, in. working with the Birdman and getting right. his head, you know, no big deal. Yeah, just like stumbling <laughs> in, exactly. <laughs> that is truly wild. And as far as like these ideas, how, how do they come about? Like it's yeah. just truly creative. Do you guys have like a large creative team? Who's at the helm of all of this? Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate because, you know, Mike, our CEO is a creative director and a lot of ideas come from him and he'll have a genesis for an idea and then the creative team and or in some cases agency partners will kind of fine tune that idea. So it's almost like a writing room mm -hmm. to get the best idea. So that's typically how it works. There's some ideas where like Mike will have an idea and it's like, that's the thing that we do. There's other things where like it'll kind of get refined and kind of changed over time. So it's a mixture, but a lot of the ideas that are coming from the brand now are from inside the walls. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And you guys, you've done a great deal of leveraging your your haters, as you've said. Can you talk a little bit about that and how, you know, you leverage negative feedback into something truly positive? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we're in a world that's riddled with positive reviews from Amazon to DDC sites and Yelp and so forth. And we knew very early on this brand was gonna be pretty polarizing. Like from our first video that we put out back in like 2018, just to get a feel for the market, um, that half the people were going to love it and half people were going to hate it. And so as the brand started spending more and being more active in social and developing a bigger following, um, the hate kind of just continued. Mm. And there was a really good idea from one of our agency partners, Partyland, to take all those hater comments and use them for lyrics for albums. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we want to get into more and more content. And so we have two albums now. They're called Greatest Hates. The first one is a metal album. The second one was like um, a punk album. Uh -huh. 
And we'll probably do a third one, which could be like R&B slow jam kind of ballady, which will be kind of insane and funny. But yeah, we, um, we just think it's like disruptive when you're like scrolling your feed and you see something that says like, don't buy it. Mm -hmm. Or like, this is the dumbest product ever. You know, so th that kind of stuff has really worked well for click-through rates, for just general kind of brand buzz and building. It's been pretty phenomenal using that negativity. Yeah, that's super smart. Yeah. Are your customers coming to you guys with ideas as well? Yeah. A strange thing happened when we first started selling on Amazon is we started getting reviews that felt like um, it's like fan fiction. Mm -hmm. And as those reviews were posted, it almost like raised the bar for other people wanting to leave Amazon reviews. So they're like, oh, I have to outdo this person. Mm -hmm. That's kind of carried over to even our creative and our content and social where people know that for us to repost something on as a story or whatever, they have to really raise the bar on mm -hmm. what they do with it. It's not just like holding a can. Mm -hmm. It have to be, you know, something insane. So a lot of the content that we get in right now is UGC. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to get a lot of UGC content, a lot of stuff that's on TikTok or on Instagram has been UGC content. So yeah, our fans love the creative and we have a lot of, you know, a loyal fan base that are in the creative mm -hmm. space. And so they always do provide, you know, recommendations around, mm -hmm. here's how I shot the product. Here's a concept I had, here's a thing that I did. Here's a merch idea. So we've been fortunate enough to get a lot of that from, from fans. Awesome. Yeah. And I did want to talk to you about your merch too. So. You guys are a food and bev company, but you also, I feel like you identify a lot as an entertainment company as well, a lifestyle brand. So as far as your merch goes, can you talk a little bit about that and as well as your country club? Because yeah. I know it's kind of a, there's the format of you can sell your soul, but then you guys also do like crazy wicked product campaigns that are just totally outlandish and out there. But yeah. how does that kind of play out for you guys and, and what are you seeing in terms of, of engagement and consumer attention uh, based yeah. on those things? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely see ourselves as an entertainment brand. Mm -hmm. The merch uh, thing was very early on, it was an exclusive test that we did just for country club members. And we had like maybe nine SKUs of, of merch and it was, you know, our logo with different placements and different variations of it. And then you know, we had the idea of like, let's just not make this exclu exclusive, like let's let anyone buy merch and we started taking on merch as almost like a streetwear brand where we're dropping merch a couple of times a week. Um, we're partnering with artists. We're partnering with um, other brands potentially on doing merch. And we're thinking beyond just apparel. There's only so much apparel you're going to wear from like a beverage right. company, even as cool as like Liquid Death In is, is and with the momentum that we have. So we started doing other things. We sold a $6,000 vending machine. Wow. We sold skate decks. Mm -hmm. You know, we've sold a flasket, which is, you know, a flask casket that looks flask. like a casket. Yeah, cool. you can fill liquid death in. We sold candles with Martha Stewart. So we've kind of broadened the range from, you know, we've gotten on your body first mm -hmm. as we want people to just be walking billboards for the brand. And then it's like, how do we get inside your home? How do we get inside your car? How do we get inside other things? Mm -hmm. And so that's how we think about merch. And merch is a media vehicle for us. It's just mm -hmm. serving as like another way to get awareness from the brand for still a small brand that isn't spending anywhere near like levels of competitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's smart. And then I know you guys did a uh, a car. You had a yeah. car on your site that yeah. was wrapped. Yeah, we we've always just like embraced the absurdity of the things that we've been doing. So, yeah, the first year of the business, we had um a, like a nineteen eighty seven Lamborghini Countach. Nice. Which, if you're like a guy of a certain age or anyone of a certain age, that's the car you would put on your like post on mm -hmm. your wall, like poster car. Dream car, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a car I think that Leo and and Wolf of Wall Street like crawled out of. 
But yeah, we took that car and we're like, we don't have this car, but if someone wants to buy it for $385,000, we'll find it, we'll wrap Mm -hmm. it, we'll sell it. Make it happen. Yeah, and it was just an insane thing. If you were looking at like 10 t-shirts and you see this Lamborghini, you're like, what the hell is this? (laughs) And then every month, we look at the data and like over 10 to 15,000 people every month would add that car to their shopping cart just to see what would happen um, as a result of it. So yeah, it's just like, it's just, just those moments where you're like, you chuckle and it just draws a you know bigger connection with Did the brand. Did anyone ever buy it? No one ever bought it. Damn. No one ever bought it, but we definitely retargeted and sent as many shopping cart abandonment emails as we could. That's but, so funny. But no one pulled the trigger so on funny. it. Yeah. I did want to ask, kind of going back to the the entertainment, the lifestyle, the experience. Are there any ideas in the works of doing a flagship, doing maybe a skate park and somewhere where someone would go, maybe in L.A. Yeah, I think I think I think definitely there's going to be progression as we go from product and CPG to we've started dipping our toes into, you know, entertainment and content through, we have a movie called Dead Till Death, which is a feature length movie that we made that's on Amazon Prime. It's about cans terrorizing you in the, (laughs) in the, you know, in a campsite because you didn't recycle. We've got the two. Truly terrifying. We got two albums now. Um, We're doing more and more with content. So I think, yeah, there'll be a thing where we start doing more physical mm-hmm. kind of, whether well, it's a pop-up store or a thing that might happen. Very our cool. first kind of dipping our toes into it is, um, you know, we have a partnership with Live Nation and mm-hmm. festivals and venues, and we started taking the country club experience and it's an actual pop-up now at mm-hmm. these festivals. So you can go in there, you can scan a QR code, you can sign your soul over to us. Nice. You walk into a country club-like experience, which mm-hmm. kind of looks like um, kind of uh, an interesting country club with like Mm -hmm. leather chairs and things like that and there's a photo booth that's like our first foray into and we've had huge response to that people just like taking pictures everywhere so that'll you know kind of start the domino flowing into the next thing yeah well i'm excited to see it yeah so hamid i know you guys have some new products on the horizon can you spill the tea yeah so we have three new flavors of tea that are going to be dropping sometime soon Mm -hmm. um some really cool and interesting flavors with interesting liquid deathified names as you can imagine so it's our first step into a, a new category. So we're really, really excited about that. And, you know, we've been very methodical in terms of the kind of products that we roll out. And we felt like tea was a really good category as a next step for the brand. So, yeah, yeah. we're excited to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today with yeah. us. Thanks I'm for excited me. to try out the new tea when that rolls out uh, tomorrow. Correct? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. So we'll be on the, and will you be in all stores or what's the launch going to be like? Yeah. So like most retail, it'll be like a rollout mm-hmm. kind of um gradually over the next couple of months but yeah tees will be in the majority of our retail footprint hopefully by the middle of the year very cool. yeah awesome well yeah. i'm excited to try it i'm excited to uh, see what you guys do next hopefully eventually attend one of those uh, pop-ups yeah you gotta come check you guys out yeah. and uh, i appreciate your time yeah, thanks for having me absolutely thanks Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.